Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time about. for Mortgage Matters. Good morning, Central Coast. All right, just getting settled in here. We have a great live show coming to you today. I'm Dan Podesto without my usual co-host, Jason. He's off helping his parents uh, move into their new house down south. He's a good son. Good job, Jay. Um, replacing him today, he made a quick little um, cameo Cameo last week. Mike Points. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Mike is a, he's a loan officer at Central Coast Lending. He works out of the San Luis Obispo office, and um, he's just an all-around great guy. Thank you, Dan. You that's hear that very, a lot, don't that's you? That's very nice. I do get a lot of people <laughs> telling me that I'm better than the average bear. Oh, really? Yeah. But uh, but usually that goes away over a short period of time when I start talking to them about me being a Giants fan, and then right. they tell me, you know, you're a Giants fan starting 2010 when they started winning all these games, and I say no when I was five years old, you know, and I only bring that up because I'm excited baseball season is officially here. Yeah, pitchers and catchers reported. That's right. That's right. Do I see a little bit of, like, um, competition going on here, though? Because you happen to be wearing a, a Giants... Um, hoodie and then you have an A's cap on Dan. Uh, there should be like so a bay much. between us, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> there should be a little <laughs> bay. Like a, yeah. And like a bridge. <laughs> Not so much. I mean, you know, the Giants are in that other league, so we don't really right. see them too often. Right. It's okay. only in the World Series and you know how that goes. Okay. Every 25 years or so we have to beat up on them. Uh, True. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> we, we should see another one of those soon. <laughs> I was hoping last year was the year, but, you know, yeah, my boys wanted to collapse instead. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm a fan of the A's, yeah. Yeah, I actually, growing up, my best friend was a Giants fan, so right. I have, there's a, there's a soft spot in my heart for the Giants. Yeah, we could go down that road of all those great A's names, but we won't today. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, all right. I'm glad to have you here, Mike. Thank you, Dan. This is going to be thank a good you. show. I um, agree. We've got two hours for you today. Um, mm -hmm. In the second hour, we're going to... We're going to be joined by Keith Bird. Keith Bird um, has been a guest a couple of times on the show. He's a he's a realtor at Patterson Realty, and he also is the operator of SlowCountyHomes.com. It's a great website, great resource for anyone who's either looking for a home or just interested in keeping up with uh, real estate statistics on the Central Coast. Um, he's got. A, a really interactive website. It's it's a little more than just the typical IDIX search where you can look at listings. It's it's actually a compilation of sales statistics put into nice friendly graph, um, easy to understand format, um, pie charts, bar charts, graphs, different things. It's it's really a, a good looking website and easy to use. And if I may chime in, it's a great site for the first time home buyer, um, especially you know to add to that someone who's really into wants to know the nuts and bolts. You know, they can really get into certain areas of the county, look at those houses, get an understanding of, of um, pricing. And I can't tell you how many 
borrowers I meet for the first time, I say, so how are you looking at homes? You know, have you working with the realtor? And they, you know, at least seven or eight out of 10 of them say, I'm looking at Keith Bird's site. So. Yeah, he um, he's actually an ex dot comer who. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't know that. That's his background. That his makes background a lot of sense. was um, Silicon Valley dot com. Okay. You know, tech company stuff, and then he saw that there was a void in the real estate industry with technology, and I think still so today. I, I think for the most part, both mortgage and real estate are kind of behind the curve a little bit when it comes to technology. Mm. But he saw that, and he wanted to apply his skills to to this industry. And so he developed his site um, and it's been a, a, he's won awards for it nationally. Mm. Um, he has, he, he's consistently ranked high in Google when searching for homes and things like that. So he's done a really good job with the site. In particular today, what we're going to talk about um, a little bit is some changes that are going on with one of his competitors and how the big, the big name in the industry, the Zillow and Trulia's, um, how they are maybe having some problems going forward because True. they're losing their primary data source. True. Um, they've already struggled with data integrity and it doesn't look like it's getting any better. Um, so that'll be an interesting that'll be a conversation. Great, that'll be a great guest to have on the show. Very yeah. timely. Um, so let's see here. I'm just, just sitting down. Mike, Mike is the kind of guy who doesn't want to come in and just wing it as Jason has conditioned me to do for the last seven years. So um, Mike actually went to the trouble of preparing an itinerary. I don't know that it's so much an itinerary. That's a it's harsh just, word. Um, just some, some notes. I would just never want you to look at me and then there'd just be dead air because I don't know what the heck to That's say. That's impossible. <laughs> for, actually, from what I understand, you have a hard time keeping quiet um, when you're in the office. Is that true? That's, that's what people are saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Interesting. In fact, I'm, making, uh, I'm making a note of that. <laughs> maybe you didn't know that. Emailing myself right now until <laughs> Monday. <laughs> What's the problem, guys? Why are you always closing your door? Right, right. Well, right now, it's you know, I just came on in November, and I'm out in this in the uh, common area, you know, which is great because I get to hear. It's where all the rookies go. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the far side of the bullpen where no one sits. All the pitchers just kind of stare at me. <laughs> but uh, you know, the other the other coworkers in the office, I get to hear what they're doing, what they're dealing with, all the different types of accounts. It's a great place to sit. And like for example, you know, this week we dealt with the industry is quite busy, you know, quite busy and. Uh, I don't want to say our our partners are falling behind, but I do want to say that there's a lot of deals that are coming down to the wire where we need to get signing done. And it's nice to see how our team works together. Um, gives me some confidence that we can get deals done because of the way we've structured ourselves at Central Coast Lending, because of us being a bank and being able to draw our own docs. And the listeners may not know exactly what that means, but I won't bore you to death with all that detail, but essentially it gives us the power as a company to take control when when things get close, tight. Sure. Yeah. And, and we we had one or two instances of that this week where, you know, in, in the real estate industry, timing is, is critical. There Agreed. are multiple parties dependent on a, a closing on a specific date because there are, there's moving trucks lined up. There mm -hmm. are other, you know, there's other f lives and families involved. So you have to meet deadlines. And um, 
and and it's true the industry is slow right now because of the increased volume you know all, all of the companies including ours are staffed for the volume that we've been used to not for the volume that all of a sudden hit us um, in the last 60 days or so so um processing times have slowed down a little bit but we still have to meet deadlines so right having the control and flexibility that we do have enables us to push um push things forward maybe before they would typically be moving in that direction yeah i don't know how many hours or days we save i know we do uh i think the main thing is though it's it gives us some assurance when dealing with our realtors you know letting them know this is going to happen this time here instead of yeah we're the eighth caller in line <laughs> right so <laughs> Yeah. Please hold. <laughs> like the whole music comes on. <laughs> In the real estate industry, every call is number one. Um, <laughs> right. So, yeah. And what I'm finding interesting um, is that we've seen in the last week and a half or so, interest rates have moved up, I would say, about a quarter to three-eighths in rate. And what I've noticed is that the new volume of loans has already slowed down pretty dramatically. And I was thinking about this a lot this week. Okay. Um Rates are still amazingly low. I think Freddie Mac this week, or actually it was for last week, reported that 30-year fixed rates are are still below about three and three quarters. I've got 369. 369 is the Freddie Mac reported rate for week ending February... Uh, February 12th. February 12th. I think that's the 13th. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an incredible rate compared to one year ago. What was it at? I got it at uh, 4.28 a year ago. So we're looking at... 30-year fixed. <laughs> I mean, more than half a point lower than one year ago. So rates are still incredibly low, yet <clears throat> we see just a small increase in rate really has a big impact on volume. And so it got me thinking, are consumers just that rate sensitive that... A small, small adjustment in rate can really have that big of an impact. This is this topic, this very topic is actually being discussed on CNBC this week. Yep, yep. And as I it found it very be. interesting. I mean, it should be. historically low rates, yet a small increase from historically really low to still historically low, lower than last year's historic lows. I mean, yeah. it's all amazing. I think the word is ridiculously low. Yeah, why, why is such, such small movements in rate having a big impact in volume? This is a great thing to talk about and just consider, you know, you listeners, you might be waiting almost like in a stock price, you know, you're waiting for it to get back to that certain number, but you got to realize that, you know, if you look over the last 24 months, it really doesn't matter where rates go a month from now or six months from now, if you're waiting to make that deal so sweet for you, I say you just come in and let's do it for two reasons. The thing is, um, your payment's not going to go up that much more if you take a, a rate now versus maybe a rate that would be, you know, uh, an eighth lower in a week lower. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what we're finding is that there's these little quirks, you know, like people have every, every file we touch has something in it that needs to be discussed, solved where you as the borrower don't think that that's a big deal. The bank might. Mm -hmm. And so at least let's get you in and come on down and talk to us about your situation so that we can have your file teed up for when that rate does fluctuate or when you're tired of you know, counting your chickens before they're hatched. Yeah. And, just, and let's just do it because it, it, a year ago we were at four, over four and a quarter and, and I don't see us on average getting there for a long time. So just save, save yourself right now. 
Yeah, I, th I think a lot of people when involved in a real estate transaction or a refinance transaction, they do get hung up on getting the best rate at that moment. It's human nature. But in yeah, and it's I think we nature. I think over time, especially in the last few years, um, with smartphones and things like that, the ability to scan a barcode to see if there's a competing <laughs> store that has it for two cents cheaper. Yeah. You know, we've yeah. we've become conditioned to be deal hounds, everyone. Yeah. And so th that's kind of the mentality of most consumers when it comes to, to a mortgage too right. they're they're always looking and you know during the process if they hear some news right. blurb that rates have dropped you know they want to see if they can improve their rate you know a year from now when you're sitting down and having coffee and comparing mortgage rates with your buddy um you know you all got loans at different times and so yeah you know, your rate's still going to be comparable to what they got. Yeah. It's, it's in the long run, it's, it's, we're all getting great interest rates. Those who are transacting mortgages today. Right. So I agree with you. Don't get hung up on, on what's going on. But I, I do find it fascinating that, that these small moves can have a big impact in volume. The CNBC discussion was more centered around purchasing, mm. believing that the rise in rates was affecting purchases, I don't know that I subscribe to that belief. I, I still think that we have an issue of supply, um, perhaps a little bit of an issue of affordability. I mean, maybe that maybe the rate movement does affect affordability a little bit um, with the lack of supply pushing prices back up to those near pre-recession levels, mm -hmm. um, depends on the market. But home prices are, are back, back up. And yeah. And it's hard for the average Joe to afford a home. Um, so, you know, maybe there is some something to these slightly higher rates. I mean, going forward, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow when rates get back to their historic levels of six, six to eight percent. Right. And there's <laughs> there's another thing I want to bring up this week that, you know, take it or leave it. Walmart decided to uh, raise wages slightly. I saw that. Okay, so if you're looking and you're really watching the market, you know that if wages start to rise in the unskilled labor class, then you know the Fed will will try to prevent or hamper inflation by raising rates. It's a it's a macro it's a macro thing. And so what I find is if you really read into it, though, the new CEO of Walmart or newer CEO of Walmart is actually doing it purely on an internal he, he really wants to retain better smarter shall i say long-term employees that's what he's saying <laughs> right. that's what he's i'm saying. rolling my eyes right yeah now. you are you are <laughs> that's what he's saying so um what what i want the listeners to think about is you know watch that over the next couple months that's something where you don't want to be caught saying i uh i was watching the chinese egg hatch you want to get in and and before rates start really increasing, making big jumps, have a file with us and be ready to go. Wouldn't you agree? I, I do, yeah. I, and I think that it's inevitable. Rates are going up. Um, it's it's a matter of, of whether the Fed starts adjusting their interest rates in June or September or December. Whenever it is, it's going to happen. But keep in mind, the Fed doesn't control mortgage rates. The markets control mortgage rates. They look to the Fed and they look to the bond markets for guidance but mortgage-backed securities are their own instrument that trade in their own market. So well put. they'll move when, when, when the markets dictate they're going to. It's, yeah. it's, so usually they're a little advanced. They, they anticipate a move by the Fed. Or, so it's probably going to happen prior to the Fed making a move. That's sure. what we saw sure. back in 2013 mm -hmm. when the Fed announced um, tapering. 
um, we were in this groove of just buying lots of mortgage-backed securities and treasuries, and and rates were at their most historic low. Um, <laughs> and then when it started to be believed that that the Fed was going to begin tapering, all of a sudden overnight they popped up. So I predict that that will happen again. It's just a matter of timing. We've already seen it a little bit, and there's a lot of talk that we're at a resistance level here. And if it breaks through, it could be the beginning of the long rise in rates, or it could just be a temporary bump up, and we could see it go back down a little bit. Right. Um, there's a lot of a lot of differing opinions there. Um, Right now, the chatter is that we've seen three consecutive months of strong jo- strong job growth, seeing a major employer like Walmart sure. increase wages for the really the lowest level of wage earners is, I think, very telling of what's to come. We've long been talking about once we reach full employment, we're going to start to see the wage growth that yep. we've long needed. Mm-hmm. And to see a big employer like Walmart start this could just be the first domino to fall and and more will will follow because they need to attract quality employees also sure yeah that's true that's true i just wonder you know um at what level um will that start being you know what at what frequency will the next domino fall you know i kind of feel like this is maybe premature personally personally i feel this way Yeah, I don't know. Because if you look at the internals, you know, Walmart has had a ton of turnover. And if you've ever managed a company or owned your own company, turnover is just a killer. Well, yeah, and I'm sure they see that. They see how much money are we investing in training new employees that That if we just, if we paid them more, we could just retain them and save money on training. Yeah. You know, it could be a move like that, but that's the kind of thing that all companies are going to be faced with here at eventually, because when your competitor starts to raise wages and your employees start to go over there because they're offering more than you have to offer more. And it just starts to cycle its way through the whole um, economy. And and what I've seen here just locally is, you know, I'm, I, I get the paper every day. I, I look through the Tribune. I go front to back all the way through the classifieds. I've been seeing a lot of job openings posted, okay. decent paying job openings too. A lot of Cal Poly jobs, a lot of, um, you know, things in the Three, four, five, six thousand dollars a month kind of range. Those are those are good paying jobs. Those are those are career jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, so there's a lot more. The you know, it used to be just a little, maybe a quarter of one page of jobs, and now <laughs> right. it's like right. there's a full page dedicated to jobs bleeding onto a second page. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that's that's right. That creates an opportunity for the the employee. To just say, you know what, this isn't working out. There's better opportunities out there. There's not only a better pay, but perhaps, you know, that's that's the ground floor with that company. You know, this company I've been at forever isn't advancing me. I can go in there, make more and perhaps advance there. Right. So there are a lot of opportunities and it's exciting to see a big employer like Walmart make a move to improve wages. Wage growth is key to the next step of this economic recovery. Yes. Um, gas savings are nice, but right now what we're seeing is a lot of people are pocketing that money. Uh, we need to see real wage growth to start to see economic growth in our country, real economic growth. Oh, they're pocketing it or they're going to Jack in the Box. <laughs> Jack in the Box stocks come to the out. roof. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting two patties on this hamburger. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, <clears throat> hey, that was a good first section. Yeah. Good way, to, good way to start the show. Um, in case you missed it, we're... Uh, 
We're changing up the format a little bit this week. We've got Mike Points sitting in for Jason Grody. He's doing a great job so far. We've got another hour and a half to come, but we're going to take a quick pause for these commercial breaks. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. We recently made the jump to direct lender. That's right, now we can do your loan in-house, but we still broker too. We choose based on getting the best loan terms for you. We don't know what to call it yet, but you'll call it amazing. Refi or refinance a home, just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. What a state of generosity, look what my agent got for me, just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks, I couldn't ask for more, but now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Ah, back to Jim's classics. I love it. Oh, I love Money it. talks. Come on, yeah. we're talking about money here. How cool right. would, it, would it be if we could just come in hitting that note ourselves, you know, and not have ACDC singing, just just come back in. Hitting Move that. over, Angus Young. Yeah. yeah. Get out of here. We don't Maybe need we'll you. try that for the next the next intro. We'll okay. um, we'll yeah. sing it. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll come back with <laughs> Money Talks again. That's a bad idea. Scratch. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, Great so we song. were we spent the first part of the show talking a little bit about um, about strong job growth, major major retailer Walmart improving um, pay at their job, perhaps a sign of things to come. One thing that I was reflecting on on these past three months that were the best three months span of hiring in the last seventeen years was that when you actually look at the three months, we're in a declining trend. Yes, I did see that. We added 423,000 jobs in November. Uh, just a stellar figure. 
That's huge. We added 329,000 jobs in December, almost 100,000 decline. But that number in itself is a stellar number. But $100,000 or 100,000 jobs off the pace of November. And then in January, we added 257,000 jobs. Still, from what we've seen in the last five years, 257,000 jobs is a good number. Mm -hmm. But another 75,000 or so fall from the month prior. So pretty substantial drops three months in a row. The Fed came out this week with their the release of their minutes from their meeting from a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. <clears throat> or a week ago. And in that, there was a lot of speculation that because of the strong jobs reports three months in a row, because of a generally positive economic data on the home front here, that there's speculation that they were going to remove a word patience from their from their statement which again the statement that they make the the economists the traders they hang on every word That's so great. a word That's like true. patience was a telling word that hey we're they're not ready to make a move yet but they thought ah jobs have been we've been adding them it's been strong strongest in 17 years they're going to remove that word possibly we might be looking at a as early as an april move in rates maybe June more likely. Um, they kept the word patience in. They even suggested that they're still not quite yet believers in the job market maintaining that pace of job growth. Um, they're still looking at a lack of wage increases. So they want to hang on. They, they kept that word patience, that they want to see more sustained growth and sustained wage increases yeah. in jobs before um, they're, they're truly believers. So I thought that was, that was kind of interesting news. I, I, and, you know, yeah, and to drill down into the technicals, you know, over the last 90 days, wages have gone up 0.3%. Over the how long? Over the last 90 days, 0.3%. Yeah. So if your boss came in and said, I'm going to give you a 0.3% raise, would you even look up or would you be like, thanks? I mean, I mean it's positive. Not gonna, not gonna, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to turn down a raise. Are you going to match that into my 401k? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, it, it's not a lot. It, it really is not a lot. Um, so so because they they left in that word patience, because they they went on to explain that the jobs... That they want to see more. They want to see more. Yeah, <laughs> Plain and simple. They sure. want to see more growth, more wage increases before they're ready to commit to um, rising, you know, raising the interest rates and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, it got traders to react. They, the the, the run-up that we saw in interest rates in the bond market, which is what would be expected from strong employment reports um, and an earlier anticipated move by the Fed, the traders backed off on that. That we saw some relief a little bit towards the end of the week in mm -hmm. the bond market, um, and we also saw news from overseas that also contributed to some bond movement. Greece, in particular, has <laughs> been right. the headline grabber. Yeah, and stock movement late yesterday. <clears throat> Truly, um, for those who don't know, I mean, I don't see how you couldn't. It's all over the news and newspapers. The uh, the Greek exit, the Grexit, they're calling it, um, got a four-month extension. So um, February 28th, Greece's um, deadline was going to hit, and in the event that they did not make a deal with the Eurozone, they were actually going to have to start bringing back their own currency. Um, and I, I won't go into all the details of that. That's actually the most interesting part of it all. 
Um, but just as I'm finishing my point, um, a four-month extension allowed them to <laughs> push it out and report. Um, I guess Monday is a big Greek holiday. I don't know which one it is. If you're Greek, I apologize. But uh, Monday, th- this weekend through Monday, they'll be reporting back to the European Union saying this is what we're going to do over the next four months, and then we'll be off and running. What I truly think uh, that allowed everyone to do is say, okay, there's not going to be a big shoe dropping next week. Let's flood the market right before the weekend and then you know, go out to dinner early. And right when that announcement hit, I believe it was um, 10 a.m. No, that was the oil report. It was it was just after lunch, just after lunch yesterday, and the market rebounded almost a whole point. The Dow uh, ended high. S&P, I believe, ended at its all-time high. And what's interesting there is that um, if you really understand what's happening, it, it's, a, it's a true struggle between the European Union and Greece where... If let's just say this, let's just say Greece didn't make a deal and they brought the drachma back. That's their currency of long time. Um, it would be painful. It would be very painful for them. But once they establish that that currency could work in Europe, what does that mean for all the other countries inside the European Union that have committed to the euro? Does it mean that they could move out and work on their own and, and provide their own economy? And that that opens up a can of worms, right? Do we ha- we don't have enough time to talk about that today? But that's the interesting part of this all, which is, what if they did? You're you know those in the European Union that are strong don't want that. I mean, they don't want to. I would think don't want to see what Greece could do on their own. Really, I would think the opposite. I would think a com- a, a country like Germany who's essentially carrying the European Union with their stronger than most economy. I mean, they're, they're the strongest oh, no, country there. Yeah, you're Wouldn't correct. Wouldn't they want I those? phrased that incorrectly. Let me back up. Correct. Yeah, I would. Yes. Thank you, Dan. I, I twisted myself up there. Um, they do want to see that. Company, uh, com- companies like Germany. Countries like Germany would see that as a huge step up for them. Yeah, get this, the, this country that's weighing us down, weighing our union down out of here yeah. so that what's left is a stronger whole. Um, it's, it's interesting. It brings up a, a, what a lot of critics say about the whole European Union. It's really difficult what they're attempting to do, which is create a more unified currency uh, in an attempts of a stronger economy, yet they're so socially different. They're, they're their own countries with different languages and different customs. And, you know, they don't, they don't share um, political leaders. They don't share yeah. the same religious beliefs necessarily. I mean, there's all these differences across the European Union, yet they're trying to make their economy one and that's a very challenging thing to do, and it's proving to be a challenging thing to do. Oh, my gosh. I think in particular with the politics, because you've got these countries being led in different directions. Right. It's, I mean, it seems like they're trying to have the best of both worlds. They're trying to be governed locally, yeah. but have the benefits of a, of, of a larger regional economy. Sure. And it's, it's, it's challenging right now. It is challenging. There is so many different cultures involved, you know, so many different... Um, um, major like country, you know, countries' products involved. There's a lot of different things that they do over there. If you've ever been over there, I mean, it's you can go from Austria to Hungary on a on a train in 30 minutes, and the whole your whole experience changes. So, 
What's interesting to me, though, uh, is that we pushed it out four months. And, you know, my thought to that is, well, let's just pause time. And in four months, we'll be right back in the same problem. I don't see how they're going to fix this in four months. I mean, it's something like 30,000 euros per citizen is what their debt is. So good luck with that. Yeah, it's going to. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It's it's you know, it's having a big impact, though, on on our markets and yeah to bring it back to what this show is all about which is real estate and and loans um it's impacting interest rates it's been impacting interest rates in a negative way rates have been going higher which people who are borrowing money don't like um that's correct and and it's 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 been having an impact it's it's kind of fighting the what the fed is trying to do which is keep rates down um you know, continue to maintain these low level of rates to to still get this housing market going more to still help jobs, which they are still not truly one hundred percent believers in. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we've got these overseas things that are that are combating that a little bit. Um, so just to kind of drive that point home, the Fed, with their minutes, said that the the recovery is still too fragile um, to risk raising interest rates at this time. So now the belief is that, we're looking at June or potentially fall, you know, summer or fall mm-hmm. when, when rates will be more likely to rise. That's interesting time, too, because that's a big time. Of, that's a busy time of the year for purchases. It is. You know, what will that do in the heart of, of the game? You know? We're just getting into the purchase season, the traditional start of the purchase season, which is springtime, mm-hmm. usually lasts through summer um, into fall is when right. deals start transacting. You want to get the kids into yep. the next school Get them into the school district, get settled, and then off you go to school, and then things start to slow down. So I think timing-wise, fall would be, would be more ideal. Um, but we'll see. You know, I don't think... That's totally what they're looking at. They're more focused on jobs, more focused on, on making sure that with all the debt that's been, yeah, that's been uh, put out there over the last five, six, seven years, that you know we don't let, we don't turn the corner too quick and let inflation run up. Yeah, let's not have it shame on us. You know, that's right. Let's not. All right. There's so, so many other little bits of news data that came out this week. Um, We had a few housing numbers um, that were actually kind of disappointing. Uh, We saw housing starts and building permits down, um, which is mostly because single family housing was down. Mm -hmm. Um, I I thought that was disappointing and kind of surprising. It is surprising. I was up in Sacramento, Walnut Creek a week and a half ago. I don't see how it could be down up there. It's just everywhere. Now, I, I along th- Highway 101, Highway 50, building, building, building. I think California is a different story. You know, these are national figures. Sure. Um, I think other areas of the country are facing weather issues, which we don't seem to have. I always forget, Dan. I thought it <laughs> There's was just weather about in other parts of the country. <laughs> they actually have changing seasons, whereas we seem to be stuck in eternal spring and summer. Which I mean, it's it's good. Sure. But, you know. Not if you're a golfer. Uh, or if you like grass. Uh, <laughs> some rain would be nice. Good point. Um, but yeah, we saw we saw housing starts down, primarily because of single-family housing starts down. Um, building permits were also down. Um, we saw the National Housing Market Index. It's the home builder's sentiment um, that that was, that was down in February. Down two points, whatever. I don't know if that's a percentage scale or what, but it was down two. 
two units. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I think that's, that's really reflective of other areas of the country. I think, you know, everything I see around here, um, is is more of a pro building kind of mentality builders are busy there's a lot of projects we recently had uh lenny grant on who was speaking towards the um to the to the san luis obispo market talking about how there's several projects that are active where there's active construction yep. and there's several more in the planning phase and there's several more that are in the conceptualization phase right now and if i may add i'm getting quite a bit of referrals now at the office of people saying hey i i own this land I have, I'm past the permit phase. I'm looking to get a construction loan. I'd like to talk to you about that and how that all works. And, and, or we're looking, my wife and I, or my family and I are looking to buy this plot of land and we want to build on it. And so that's, those are great for me, knowing where I want the market to go in San Luis Obispo. I think that's a great step. I want more inventory personally. Uh, in San Luis Obispo and people that are, you know, making the decision that we're going to build it ourselves. Those are not only are those great clients to have, it's just a, it's just a very positive conversation. And that's, that's something that we should um, talk a little bit more about right after this commercial break. We're going to uh, step aside one more time this hour and thank our sponsors who helped make this show possible. If it wasn't for them, you'd be paying to hear this. So... Please listen up, and we'll be right back after a quick commercial break. Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people agents working just for you get the experts at patterson realty on your side experience the patterson difference call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com through seven presidential administrations bull and bear markets and unprecedented change blakesley and blakesley has been here helping residents of the central coast reach their financial goals so if you need retirement advice beyond social security want to roll over an old 401k or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision visit blakesley and blakesley in san luis obispo paso robles and santa maria blakesley and blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust member finra and sipc we're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. 
scream. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's shy. He doesn't want to sing. We decided not to sing. There oh, goes come that plan. So much for the itinerary. Oh, it's blown. Oh, no. <laughs> I blew even it. turned the mics on early so know, that you would I get know. it in there. Thanks, Jim. I forgot my line. Sometimes forgot all we need line. is that little push. <laughs> Didn't work. Hey, we've got about 15 minutes before the top of the hour when we're going to be joined by Keith Bird, realtor at Patterson Realty and operator of slowcountyhomes.com, fantastic website for uh, both searching for uh, existing listings in the San Luis Obispo area or just um, checking out sales statistics. It's a, it's a really cool site that we'll talk more about in the next hour. Um, before we get there, though, we wanted to just... Um, finish up our conversation here that we were having just about markets in general. Uh, we've been talking, we've, we've been hitting a lot of different topics, um, but Mike started to, to bring us into the idea of construction and remodeling um, starting to pick up. We're getting a lot of calls inquiring about those types of opportunities, whether it's raw land or an existing home that can be built on. And, and during the break, we were talking a little bit about um, different ways people can go about financing this type of remodel or construction project true um a lot of people well i should say not very many people have the cash just sitting around to be able to do that a lot of people's net worth is tied up in their home yeah um if they even own a home some people are still out there looking to get that first home but they they're having trouble finding a home that fits their needs. Yes. So there's a lot of different reasons why construction or rehabilitation or renovation loans would come into play. Um, really quickly, I've, I found an interesting uh, statistic this past week talking about net worth, um, and I thought I'd share this. I thought it would be a nice segue into this conversation. Um, millennials, which isn't totally surprising being one of the, the younger generations, um, they have the lowest net worth of all generations. Um, with a median net worth of just over $10,000. Mm -hmm. That's their net worth. Um, median net worth for 35 to 44-year-olds, which was the second lowest category, was about $46,000, $47,000 for their net worth. Um, the largest median net worth was for the age category of 65 to 74. This isn't surprising, by the way. It seems like over time you have the yeah. opportunity to acquire worth by making smart investments, you know, you've yep. Time maximized your income potential, things right. like that. Um, the, the largest category of net worth was that 65 to 74 year old category with a median net worth of $232,000. Um, so it's pretty interesting. So you look at these younger generations, I, I would speculate that the you know the 65 plus category they're probably settled in their home the home that they're gonna it's their forever home but it's sure. the it's those those millennials and those you know baby boomers and whatever's in between there gen x yeah, do they get a name? Yeah. <laughs> i think i think that's my generation Me? i think it's gen x um <clears throat> They are the ones who are still, you know, still working, still, yeah. still moving, jockeying for that beach home, you know, to retire yeah, and things like that. They're also the generation that's spending a ton. You know, they got kids, they got a, a car payment they still, they, they're, they've got that house. So yeah. like you said, at the end of the month, they're just like, whew, thank God I put something in savings. 
So for those folks, when they're either looking at their home and their their growing family or their their declining family numbers, you know, the empty nesters, mm-hmm. um, the the millennials who are just starting to buy homes and, and, and start families and things like that, when they're looking at their housing situation, not meeting their needs for one reason or another, they can just sell their home and find the right home. Or when there's a lack of supply, they can look at their home and say, how can I make this home better? Yeah. So, and I question them. I say, you know, would you, are you looking to move up or build up? And they say, well, what's build up mean? Because everyone, the buzzword moving up means, you know, you found that house. You currently have a three bedroom, two bath, and you would really love a four bedroom so that you could have that, that office. that's just yours. It doesn't have a couch in it that folds out into a sofa when your guests come over. Or maybe you, you have that, you know, your kids are of age now where it would be nice for them both to have their own room. Mm-hmm. Well, they start looking at houses and, you know, they're in the $550,000 range now and they're looking at houses that are $700,000 and they realize, okay, well, I've got to sell this house to get that house. There's a cost there. There's a sales transaction cost to our realtors. Um, You know, I I don't, I'm going to have to get into a deal and then I'm going to be in that weird phase where like I I need to make a contingent offer. I'm only going to buy this house if my house sells. So there's a lot of headwind, I would say, to moving up. Building up is quite simple, actually. You know, what you need to do in a build-up situation is uh, we have a program. It's called the Homestyle Product. And it allows you to work with a contractor on what you want to do in your house. You can make an addition. You can make an additional room. You can um, You can build on top of your garage. Of course, your property has to be zoned for it. Um, so we always recommend you do that first, uh, speak with the city or, or an architect and what you can do. But it allows you to really tweak or tailor is a better way, uh, better word, your home to your needs. A lot of people would say to me, um, well, that sounds great, but you know, we don't have the money to do that. Well, this is what the Homestyle product does. It allows you to work with a contractor, bring a budget to the table of what you want to do. We have skilled appraisers, not we, Central Coast Lending, but there are skilled appraisers out in the marketplace that get hired for this very type of refinance that look at your pro- uh, your building um, project, appraise the property for what it will be worth when the project is completed. So maybe you add that extra room and, and, and or a small bathroom, your your house value has gone up $150,000. Yeah, that's it, the key right there. But it costs you $65,000 to build. Yeah. Like I was okay. saying, a lot of people's net worth is already in their property. Right. And so when right. you can only cash out to a certain amount, you know, usually it's about 80%. You can only pull equity out of your home up to about 80% loan to value. So if that's normally, where you're already... Normally, yeah. If that's where you already are, yeah, there's some other loan programs that let you go higher, but... Um, when you're already there, there's no opportunity to take that equity. So unless you have cash sitting aside, this is this is a perfect opportunity to base the equity takeout on the future value yes. of your home. Yes. So, it, I mean, if you if you improve your property value by 200, you can grab that 150 out to do the to do the remodel. That's correct. And there's all types of strategies that I would love to talk to um, you about listeners. If you call into our, I mean, you could call in now. This would be a great, great call in. Um, We're getting towards the bottom of the, or the top of the hour. We'll have to go take a break, but this is a great topic for us to discuss because what Dan's saying is typically you have to stop at 80% loan to value with this product. We could go up to 95. Yeah. 
95% loan to value. You will have to tack on mortgage insurance. Yeah. But um, the thing that's important to understand, and I just want to recap this one more time, is you can add to your home. Stay in your home. Uh, make that kitchen awesome. Uh, add that second bathroom or third bathroom so that your kids aren't driving you nuts anymore in the morning when you're trying to get ready for work and they're trying to go to school. Well, the other thing too, you know, is if that's a neighborhood that you've been in for a while, you already know your neighbors, Mm -hmm. you already know what the neighborhood dynamic is like, you like that there's, you know, you live on a street where there's not a lot of car traffic and your kids can play in the front yard safely, you know, those little intangibles. Yeah, there's, there's always those unknowns about moving to a new neighborhood. You don't know... If you've, you know, if you've got the neighbor that likes to have parties on every Thursday night until right. four in the morning or, you know, if there's a lot of it's the shortcut that all the, the locals know about to cut through that street to get, right. you know, somewhere faster. So that's that's the nice thing. You can stay in that known area where you already know your neighbors and you enjoy the neighborhood yep. and, and yep. still get the home that, that you want. Yeah, I had one of those precious Sunday moments last week where I went outside. <laughs> my wife and I went for a walk and like the older people in the neighborhood came by and then there was like a kid that was kicking a soccer ball through our conversation, you know, and I got to meet them. And that's precious. You know, I, I live I live in San Luis Obispo. I live over near the Marigold Center. It's a beautiful place. Um, my wife and I are considering taking advantage of this product, but also think of this. Here's two other reasons why you would want to do this. Maybe you're in a position where your in-laws or your parents, whether it be one or both, need some help. They're getting older and they need to move back in with you. You could build a structure for them. You could build a, a, a mother, a grandma's quarters. You could build a second room. You could make it compliant for things like getting it in and out of bathtubs. You can do things that can help you save costs that otherwise you would spend to have them in a home and go visit them every day. So there's many different ways to look at it. I would also say it's a great thing to do maybe before you list the property. Let's make the property a bit more valuable and get it to a place where it's going to show very well and sell very well. And within six months of completing the project, get that thing on the market. The other really cool thing about this program is that it's a it's a Fannie Mae conventional loan. So you get the same 30-year fixed low interest rates, mm-hmm. you know, f- four, sub four, whatever, whatever the Fannie Mae rate is today. You get those same low 30-year fixed interest rates that everybody else is getting who's doing a, a typical 20% down or whatever purchase or a refinance sure. today. It's the same loan program. It just offers this opportunity to finance home renovations. It also will work for someone who's in the middle of a project and oops, Mm -hmm. they ran out of money. They didn't Mm -hmm. budget appropriately. They did think they thought they had enough cash to complete their project. But like most projects, (laughs) it went over budget. (laughs) And now they're they're in a pickle. They need to finish this thing. They need another 50 grand to finish this project. And and this will allow that. Most loan programs do not like to see partially completed homes. Um, This one allows for that. Yeah. In every loan program, there are guidelines and things we want to walk you through as your loan officer. So if this is interesting to you, I would encourage you to call us this week. Call me um, or any of our loan officers. Again, I'm Mike Points and our number at the office is 805-543-LOAN. 
That's 543-5626. This is a great time to talk about this. Let's make this year a year where you get this project done. You know, you're sitting here looking. It's the middle of the first quarter. You got those to-do lists in front of you. Let's talk about how we could have this happen. You've been talking to builders about this program. You know, yeah. What's the uh, What's the feedback been? They're pretty pumped on it. And reason being is we work with contractors directly and we will have, we set up a draw schedule so that as the contractor's giving you invoices for what they've just done, they, um, the bank itself will pay them for those invoices. Contractors run into problems all the time because they feel like they're in this limbo period where their homeowner doesn't really understand the budget and they think that they can get it done for a certain amount. And the contractor's like, I don't know. I mean, we can try. That's pretty tight. I think they feel a lot more comfortable knowing like if there was leeway, they could get the project fully done. And so what that means to you listeners is that if you have a situation where your contractor is um, already been talking to you, we also myself would be happy to talk to them and, and explain to them how this program works, because that's a good way to tie them down and pin them down to start your project. It's what I think is neat. Some people might see it as as restrictive, but it it's also a security issue. Mm-hmm. I guess is um good point. Yeah, is that they're through this process, the builder has to be approved too. That's right. They have to they have to have their budget approved, and they themselves have to be approved. They they look at their um, their credit yeah. and things like that. So that so you can do all the due diligence you want, but. In this situation, we as the lender would also do this due diligence um, to make sure that you're working with a reputable contractor who's not, yeah. you know, got poor credit and flakes on on jobs. And they'll also check to make sure that the budget is reasonable. Correct. And has reserves. Yeah. Exactly. Usually if the utilities are in place, which every existing house would be, but you can also use this for new, newer constructions if you want to, you know, rip down an existing house and build another. Um, they build in a 10% reserve. And I'm so glad you brought up contractors, Dan, because I forgot to mention this. This is a program where if you're a savvy individual that has a contractor's license, this is a program where you can be the owner of the home and the contractor on the project. Wow, that's cool. Fannie Mae has allowed that if you have your insurance in place and active license and can show jobs like this that you've already done. You can't be a painter sure, and then go say, I'm going to knock down weight-bearing walls. And that's different from a lot of programs. Very like different. The, the 203K. Yeah, don't the allow FHA that. program, you have to have a third party builder. Yeah. It can't be a family member. It can't be you. It has to be a third party, an uninterested party builder. Right. To be able to do that. So if you're having that second cup of coffee right now and you're staring <laughs> at your kitchen saying, what if I just blew this countertop out and extended the kitchen into here? And, you know, what would it mean if I added another building, another room to this house? Um, give us a call. Call us this week. Let's talk about this. This is a great product for us to introduce to you. Mike's the man. He's been studying this program thoroughly. It's it's relatively new. The whole construction construction lending has really been coming alive the last twelve months or so, and this Fannie Mae product's been been really getting legs in the last um, last six months or so. So we're excited about it. It's a great opportunity, and uh, love to hear from you if you have interest. We are going to Stick take about us. a five minute break or so. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Keith Bird. He's the operator of SlowCountyHomes.com. Fresh in the coffee and be right back for the second hour of Mortgage Matters. 
tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. We threatened it, and we're back. Ha It's 10.05, and uh, we're still here. We're having fun. It's Saturday. It's cold outside, so I'm happy to be in here. Um, we are we are Dan Podesto and Mike Points from Central Coast Lending, and the second hour, we are joined by Keith Bird. He's a realtor at uh, Patterson Realty and the operator of slowcountyhomes.com. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes, welcome, Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so glad you can join us today. We, uh, we've had you on the show before, and uh, I always find, um, find you and your website that, that you've put so much time and energy into to be very fascinating. Great tools for um, those searching for properties on the Central Coast. And um, for anyone who's just, you know, maybe they're not even looking for a property, but they're just interested in keeping up with the markets. Um, there's so many great tools to evaluate sales data, um, graphs. I know we use it in our office a lot. We, we do um, quarterly real estate reports on our website, and we rely on your website to provide us with the data we need to come up with the figures and facts and make, uh, you know, make just educated observations about what's going on in the market cool glad you're you're yeah. uh, able to use it yeah it's it's very easy to use too in fact it went through a uh a, a makeover maybe a year ago or so right? yeah yeah always trying to to do new things keep it fresh yeah so um but yeah no it's uh you know it's i've been doing it for the last what 12 years now so it's um, it's gone through many uh, different types of uh, <laughs> scenarios where I've been putting things on there. So, and just to give the listeners a little bit of an idea of your background, you're you you haven't been a realtor forever. No, I moved down here in 2002. I was um, up in Silicon Valley, worked in high tech for 17 years. Um, that was a fun ride. I was fortunate to be one of the first hundred employees at Cisco Systems and. Uh, that was a, a definitely something that uh, you only live once. Does that um, mean that's your Lamborghini out there? <laughs> Cisco helped, yes, yes. I must say that uh, getting in early uh, was nice. Um, but you know, I I, uh, I went to Cal Poly. I met my wife at Cal Poly. Um, we used to vacation down here with the kids growing up and stuff. I always wanted to move back here, so cool. Um, kind of retired from Silicon Valley back in uh, early two thousand and decided to make the move down here so and then i was trying to figure out what was uh, what to do with myself and you know my experience of of uh selling the house in the bay area moving down here um was a eye-opener that uh, the internet um in real estate was way behind um and that's when i decided to you know get my license and you know initially i wanted to be the realtor.com the central coast so that was my goal okay always to come in there and do that um you know i always wanted to provide information without all the front end registration stuff that a lot of sites put on there just to 
really make it a lead generator. Um, I wanted to provide information that I would want if I was buying or selling a house um, on the Central Coast. And that's um, what I continue to try to do. So. And so then the Zillows and Trulias of the world saw how successful you were. So then they came out. I mean, you were cutting edge, really. That I, I think back to 2002, and I don't think that that was the primary way that people were searching for properties. I mean, I, I think people were starting to figure out that we can go on Google and see a lot of things. But I, I don't I think, like you said, the technology still wasn't there. Realtors in general still weren't really fully utilizing the internet to what it was capable of, of marketing property. Yeah. You know, if you look at uh, the National Association of Realtors or NAR, they come out with these buyer seller surveys every year. And it's been interesting just to see the change. I think when I got in around 2002, um, we were around about 20% of people that were using the internet for, um, uh, for real estate. Um, and now it's like 90 9%. It's 120%. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't go online first to look to oh, look yeah. and just see, get it's a feel the for the market? natural progression. Yeah, and that's um, um, the thing that really, I, I timed it well getting into real estate too. Um, but right when I got here, there was a program called um, IDX, Internet Data Exchange. And it was a new program that allowed... Uh, agents to display other brokers uh, listings on their site so um, that I jumped on that white when I got here it was one of the first in this area to get an IDX site okay and that's kind of what I think um, really started people using the internet more about real estate before you couldn't really you know where do you go to get listings? Yeah, it was it's, complicated. Yeah, you couldn't go find one place. Everybody had their own listings and stuff. So, um, so yeah. So IDX was was uh, I was fortunate enough. The Central Coast here is pretty um, pretty good on on implementing new things. IDX um, took a while for other areas to get it, um, but you know it was nice to to be able to jump on it here and um, start uh, looking at ways I can help improve the home search process. So where does the data feed for IDX searches come from? Is that like a direct link into the multiple listing service? Um, yeah, it's it's a direct link. Um, what you do, what most agents do is there's vendors out there that create the home search. And then you go and you, you pay a monthly charge to get that home search from that vendor. And that vendor has a direct feed uh, to, the, to the local MLS. Okay. And that's where they get the listings from. And, and you know, the, the thing with IDX, there's a lot of rules that we have to follow, you know, how often it's updated, um, things like that, to, to try to keep the, the data, um, you know, integrity up, keep it uh, fresh so people are sitting on there, unlike the, um, um, the old days with uh, advertising in um, real estate magazines, you know, by the time you put a, an ad in a print magazine and it hit the newsstands, it was probably at three weeks at the, at the freshest wow. um, once they hit it. And then those things sit on the uh, in the racks for three weeks. Um, you know, it was just pretty much outdated. Yeah, that was just so. like light reading while you're waiting to be sad at the restaurant, right? Yeah. You're like, okay, let's look at There's yeah, a house. Yeah, when you're grads in Pismo, go grab the magazine yeah. and go sit there while you're yeah. doing it. So. Well, and it's fine when marketing times are upwards of 90 days, but when properties are going, you know, in the first couple of weeks they're listed, it's... Wham, bam. It hits, yep. the, you, it hits yeah. the stand and it's already sold. Yep. Yeah. 
But uh, be, but before IDX, I mean, that's where you where where did you go to to find out listing information other than you know contacting an agent? You uh, you know you picked up the magazines or you looked in the the Tribune and see who was advertising their listings that particular week. So is IDX still the source of data for? for slowcountyhomes.com oh yeah yeah it's that's any any brokerage or agent that has um an a home search i wouldn't say all agents some of them um use some weird things but uh 99 plus percent of of agents you know use idx because you know that's the most current uh listings uh we have to keep them up to date you know and and that's what i, I would hope that every agent wants to do is provide accurate and update information um, to the people that are coming to their sites. So is it a real-time refresh on that data? I mean, it, as as a new listing gets input into the system, does it show up? Or how often does that get updated? Um, most sites, it gets updated once a day. Okay. Um, there, are, there have been changes to the way you can get the feed and be able to pull out, down information more frequently. That's actually something that I'm, I'm working on right now. Um, but um, pretty much on all sites, uh, all agent sites, it's, it's one day. Um, so they update it, the vendors update the listings overnight and, and then uh, hopefully when you get up in the morning, the new listings are there. Um, it doesn't always uh, work that way depending on what vendor you have, but but at least uh, um, you're not sitting there with with multi-day um, inform or behind of, of information on, on the site. And Keith, just so our listeners know, like what is a common update? Is it price up down? You know, off the market, on the market? What are the common updates you see that people are like, ooh, good, good information? Um, well, I, I one of the reports I have on my site is the new listings, the seven-day revolving new listings report, and that is my number one. Um, draw to the site. You can find that right on like the main homepage. Yeah, just finally you hit new listings and it'll go to the uh, to the report, and it just it just is a nice concise report um, um, showing the past seven days each day, and it lists just here's the uh, um, the listing that uh, came out, some basic information, and you click on the uh, MLS number and it brings up the detail. Got it. So, um, you know, it's just a, a nice, easy way for people to keep up on what's coming on or what's what uh, came on the market um, this past week. Okay. So um, my second most uh, uh, visited page is I also have a price change report. And that is again the last seven days, and it will show, you know, list of the property and and you know say how much the price is is changed, and I calculate the percentage that went up or down. Good. So, Good. Um, so you know, I, I wanted to be able to provide uh, visitors with a way to come in and only take seconds to keep up on the market. It's just um, some of these sites, right. um, Zillow and Trulia or whatever. You get on those sites and. Just to, to uh, execute a search, you're sitting there minutes and just be able to go in and, and kind of figure out what really what you're looking for, try to find where the filters are so you can define, okay, I just mm -hmm. I want to get rid of all that stuff. And, and sure. you know, that's what I've tried to do with the reports and then also the, the, uh, the menu, the custom menu I put on there that be able to, you know, one click and you can just jump to a particular neighborhood map and, and see what homes um, are available in that area too. So and that is so valuable just to kind of, you know, 
isolate an area, focus on pricing and do that. To, I mean, that, that puts power in the buyers, the borrowers, the buyers, whatever you want to call yourself, hands, where they can feel confident to now say, okay, let's go look at just these. Yeah, I wanted to, you know, I, I look at when people go out on, on searching the, um, and surfing the net, um, there's the, the number of, of sites, the, their go-to sites, the ones that they just will pop to, you know, either a stock site or a, the weather report or, or news headlines where they pop in, see what's going on, and then leave. So it's not a long process. You don't have to go, oh, I'm going to go home, search for a home right now. You know, let me, let me reserve the next five minutes to do this. They can just pop in, kind of see what's going on. Either it's new listings. They want to see how the local market's doing, you know, if there are any trends and, and stuff. Sure. And, and I just really want to make it easy for people to, to come in and find the information they're looking for. I really like that you can search for land or for units or, you know, you can really break it down into these, like you're saying, these, these specific searches, you know, I want to see units in Paso Robles or yeah. something like that. I'm have, I'm not sure that I've convinced myself I want to be a landlord, but you know, <laughs> I at least am interested enough to look. Yeah. And so it's great to be able to search for multi-unit properties. Um, and filter out all that other stuff. And it is really, really easy to do on the website. We, we look at it all the time. Great, great. Um, Happy to hear. <laughs> so, you know, we, I do want to take a quick break. I told you I was going to share a story that I think you'll, you'll find pretty entertaining. Um, so, but first, let's take a quick break, and, uh, and we'll be right back with more with Keith Bird. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks. I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you refinance your home or investment property. Lower your rate, shorten your loan term, or get out of your mortgage insurance. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Central Coast, Central Coast Lending. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve. 
and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say. We are so happy to be joined by Keith, Keith Bird this morning. That was corny. I like the way that worked. That was, yeah. You know, yeah. we didn't even talk about that See, during the break. We just, you know, just, after all wow. these years, Jim and I, we just have a connection. At one point, so, I'll just get it, right, Jim? I'll just. That's what yeah, it is. It's gonna it take is, time, though. Yeah, it's gonna it, take time. Dan and I have been I working on this for a couple of years now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so we are joined by Keith Bird. He operates the slowcountyhomes.com website, fantastic website. We've been talking about <clears throat> where the data comes from. It comes from a link through an IDX search that's basically, it's basically a direct feed into the local MLS, the multiple listing service where, what would you say, 95 plus percent of properties are listed? Um, yeah, I haven't looked at the latest uh, ones to see where for sale by owners are, but it's... It's, it's in the 90s. Yeah, it's it's the majority of properties out there are listed on the multiple listing service. And and any site in particular, we're talking about slowcountyhomes.com. Um, it gets updated at least once a day, if not more often, with true and accurate data. And I told you I had a story. Um, Wes Burt, broker of Patterson Realty, was a guest on the show with Jason and I. It's probably about a year ago. And they were talking about... Your, one of your competitors, I think it was either Zillow or Trulia, they were talking about how the, you know, there's there's pros and cons to using a, a website like Trulia or Zillow uh, for getting your data. And they're talking about data accuracy issues while they're talking, um, because I was having trouble getting a word in. So I started just doing an <laughs> internet search, you know, looking for a potential investment. <clears throat> I found this amazing property on Zillow that was on the west side of Highway 1 in the beach tract area, I thought, oh my gosh, this thing's listed for, I, I think it was in the high 300s. <clears throat> I figured it must have been just a smaller, older home sure. without updates. I thought, this is, a, this is an opportunity here to go in, you know, upgrade some things and sell that thing for six or 700 grand, maybe more. Yeah. This is a great deal. Yeah. So I showed it to Wes during a break and he said, Dude, are you not listening to what we're talking about? That property <laughs> sold like six months ago. It's not even a for sale property anymore. Mm. But sure enough, I, and it, it, it wasn't even you were scripted getting ready to or go anything. Out there. I was ready to make an offer right then and there. <laughs> I mean, we were going to cut the show short and I was, I was doing this. But yeah, it was, I mean, a home that was listed on Zillow showing for sale was was it had sold six months ago how is yeah, it even possible that they're out marketing that kind of information um hmm. <laughs> well it, it's it really boils down to is where the non um realtor sites get their data from they don't have access to the same idx searches that that you're using no idx is is only for agents um oh i see yeah so and there's, as I mentioned before, there's a lot of rules with IDX, and 
one of the rules is um, brokers have an opportunity to opt out of IDX. So if they don't want to have their listings appear on all these other agent sites, they can sign an agreement and it's all or nothing, meaning they can't say, oh, I don't want it, you know, I don't want my listing to appear on Slow County Homes, but I want it to appear on all these other sites. They don't have that um, say for that. They could just just wipe or uh, not participate at all. Um, as far as where data comes from these other ones, and that's kind of been um, in the last few years um, a, a kind of a, um, it started with with Trulia and Zillow just trying to get data wherever they could. And they got it from some of the uh, real estate magazines, which, as we mentioned, weren't traditionally up to date anyway. Um, and wherever else they could find the data and, and not get sued by, by putting it up um, is where they were trying to find it. So, of course, you're not going to get accurate data um, in there. They have no rules saying that um, they have to update the data or anything like that, like we have with IDX. So it was kind of a free-for-all in the uh, early days of Trulia and, and Zillow of where they got their information. Um, but then a, a few years ago, I think it was 2010, 2011, um, this uh, topic of, of syndication popped up. And it was basically um, presented as hey, um, Mr. Broker or Ms. Broker, you want to get your listings uh, much exposure as you can. So there's a lot of non-realtor sites out there that um, want to use the listing data. And so they put together this program called Listing Syndication, which allows brokers to say, yeah, I want to send my listings to Zillow, um, no, I don't want to send it to another one. It gave them more granular control of the broker where they want to send their listings. Um, but they put together this um, kind of go-between um, called List Hub that was the company that got the listings from the MLS and then had the front end for the brokers to say where they wanted their listings sent to. Um, and then you started seeing... Zillow and Trulia um, start to get a little bit better with the listings that are coming in, but they still didn't have total accurate. They, I don't know why they didn't go and scrub listings. Maybe they just didn't know which ones were off market with the uh, syndication feeds that they were getting. Um, but um, so that's where we were with this syndication um, with ListHub. And then... Um, there's been a lot of, of activity in the last couple months uh, in the industry with the Zillow Trulia merge, mm -hmm. which uh, was finalized this past week. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things, um, and I should back up, there's really three sites now that are duking it out for uh, consumer eyes for uh, local real estate. And that is Zillow, Trulia, and Realtor.com. Now, Realtor.com, uh, which uh, most people I don't think realize, it was never really, uh, it was, it's hard to know the correct way of describing this, but the Realtor community never really owned Realtor.com. They, they made a contract early on with a company called Homestore to run the site. Um, and then Homestore had a lot of, uh, 
little problem with the cooking the books and the CEO, I think, uh, did some jail time for that, and they renamed the company Move. Right. So Move has been operating Realtor.com for the last many years. And then last year, uh, Move was purchased by News Corp, uh, which is an Australian-based um, news corporation. And um, But in that, the, they also did some other acquisitions, and, and one of it was they own ListHub, Moved Us. So um, what happened uh, with this Zillow Trulia merger thing is it's now put News Corp in a more aggressive stance of saying, hey, we want to take back some of that, uh, those eyes that, that we've lost because, uh, frankly, Realtor.com, they, they, they didn't really know how to market on the Internet as far as search engine right. go. And Trulia and Zillow just ate their lunch mm-hmm. um, with that. Um, so <clears throat> the News Corp uh, acquisition was, um, um, you know, we're seeing that they are now really serious about trying to compete against um, Zillow and Trulia. And one of the things that they have done is, They've informed um, Zillow, who was getting their listings from ListHub, the syndicator, the go-between. They uh, notified them that the contract um, was was uh, ending, I think it was April 9th. 7th, yeah. Uh, April 7th, yeah. So uh, as of April 7th, um, none of the listings that they were getting from ListHub um, will be coming their way. Um, and then this week... After the acquisition happened on Tuesday, um, News Corp came out and said, hey, because of this acquisition, um, it's no longer, the contract is no longer valid with Trulia. So we're giving you five-day notice. That's right. It's getting nasty. <laughs> yeah, yep, it is. And so uh, next week, I forget which day of the week. Sure. Um, Trulia will no longer be receiving any listings from ListHub. And then they turned around on Friday and went and filed to get a temporary restraining order um, trying to, to get uh, News Corp to not shut off their listings um, next week. Yeah, the suits are getting involved now. Yes, yes. Wow. So, <laughs> so now there's a big... Uh, flurry of activity because what Zillow and Trulia need to do is get direct feeds with the MLSs and with brokers. Um, So that's what they're out to do, but that's not an easy effort with over 600 individual MLSs in the country. So in a little more than, than, than six weeks, they're, they're going to be, unless they've found some, some magical cure between now and then, they're gonna really have a data problem. They're not gonna have the listings. They're gonna be going back to searching real estate magazines for their for their listings. Yeah, in some areas, I mean, they've already have, um, uh, at least Zillow has already uh, done some um, uh, agreements with some MLSs across the country to get direct feeds, um, but not in all areas. So it depends on where you're searching. You know, some areas may have a direct feed and you might see uh, the majority of listings in other areas, there may be, you know, nothing or maybe old mm-hmm. listing. I'm not sure what they're going to do um, when when this happens because there's just not enough time to work with 600 individual MLSs to get direct feeds. It's right. Just, it's just uh, a nature of this wonderful industry is 
there's just a lot of small, you know, it's, it's, MLSs are, could be, you know, handling 200 agents and other ones could be handling 50,000 agents, but they're just everywhere. And everyone, um, you have to go and do direct deals with every MLS to get the, uh, the feed. Uh, so it should be interesting. I'm not really sure if the uh, you know restraining order doesn't happen and, and next week what they're going to do on Trulia. If they're just going to say, hey, go to Zillow and do your search there. Or if they're not even going to let people know that, hey, we might not have you know all the listings in the area that you are um, searching on. I mean, they never really were upfront about how inaccurate they were um, a few years ago. Um, so I'm just kind of interested to see what they do um, uh, if this actually happens next week and, and their feed is cut off. Yeah. All, all this is going on at the same time that I have noticed Realtor.com really hitting television and radio hard in the last couple of weeks. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but all of a sudden Realtor.com is making a big marketing push. Yeah, and I'm sure it's it's because they know of what's coming down for Trulia and Zillow. Well, I mean, uh, to me, this they have a plan. Yeah. Uh, you know, for the first time, <laughs> we're going to cut you off at the knees. Yes. Yeah. we're going to yes. take your market share. <laughs> yes, so it is. It's getting ugly, um, and it was funny because I love the, it. Uh, I love it. The CEO of of Zillow um, last week, when the the news came out that um, um, News Corp was going to you know stop the Zillow feeds in April. Um, the CEO was like, eh, we don't need those. You know, they were they weren't that good of a listing data anyway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? And then two days later, when they're going to cut Trulia, now in this court uh, papers, it was like, oh, this is going to create such a hardship for agents and consumers. Like, yeah, the data now is so important. Yeah. Here's the the spokes the spokesperson for Zillow was quoted as saying, it's critical for multiple listing services and realtor association boards to work directly with the largest real estate websites like Zillow and Trulia to ensure that their sellers' listings can be seen by the largest audience of home buyers. Yeah, that sounds very self-serving for yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. But but reality is if Zillow and Trulia and Realtor.com um, went away tomorrow, uh, I don't think you'd see any difference in you know, home prices on the Central Coast, what they're selling for, days on market. I mean, it, it's just kind of kind of silly in a way because it's it's they're positioning themselves like we're now you know where everybody has to go to find out information about real estate. And if we're not there, then the whole industry is going to suffer. And yeah, and that's just not the case because most people, when they're searching for a home, they're not looking nationwide. They're looking in one specific area. And the reality is, if you're looking for homes on the Central Coast, there's slowcountyhomes.com that's got all of those listings. There's tons of, of, of <laughs> yep. different sites yeah. you can go to, and there's agent a, sites. It seems to be the norm anymore that... that each agent has their own site that also has an IDX search. And, and so you can go to any local agent site to, to, to try to get the, the listings in this local market. They're not going to have listings in Los Angeles or Sacramento or you know, the Bay Area. But if you're looking here, they've got the listings here that you want to see. Yeah. So it's, it's not like there will be a void in places to find the listings. Um, and yeah, so I, I don't you know really see what they'd be missing um, other than, you know, if they had just have a habit of going to that one site to check, then they're going to go, hey, what happened? Where's all the listings that were here a couple days ago? I think you raise a good point, though, Keith. You're absolutely spot on about the poker game, you know. I mean, 
this acquisition has been going on for quite some time, merger, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, it was a $2.5 billion acquisition, Zillow bought Trillia for, and they had to know, they had to be getting, I mean, it wasn't hush-hush, they had to be getting this type of threat, if you will. Yeah, it, you know, it's just, it's just funny because it's, it's these companies, they rely on the listings uh, for their site, for the content. Now, Zillow has estimates. I mean, that's where they claim yeah. the fame was. I mean, right. that's where they, right. you know, came from nothing to going, hey, go to Zillow to find out what your house is worth. Sure. And they um, monetize the site quite well, I think, you yeah. know, no. for the other affiliates. Yep. They yep. put a lot of money into trying to connect you with an agent, and yeah. um, I'm, I'm curious how effective that even is. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, I've done the internet uh, lead generation thing for, for a dozen years now and stuff, and, um, you know, you're going to get some buyers that are serious, but the majority of buyers and sellers that are contacting are either so far away from, you know, when they're really ready to buy or they're just kind of, you know, looking at the market and stuff. Um, you know, some of those contacts, agents are paying a pretty premium price to Zillow and Trulia to get uh, contacts of people that, you know, really aren't, aren't really serious right now. Uh, but that's just the nature of, of how the internet has changed the, the home buying or selling process where, you know, now there's this research phase that people enter. Um, the, the California Association of Realtors actually started tracking this in their surveys um, that uh, I think the, the last survey, it, it doubled. It went from three months to six months. So in other words, people start spending six months researching before they contact a realtor. So sure. they're serious. They really want to get in there and they're, and they're looking at um, um, a data. Um, but, you know, it, it's just tough to, uh, um, uh, if it was, uh, where am I going with this? <laughs> Back to your question with the, they're, the agents are, uh, or they're trying to get agents to contact. You know, I get calls um, all the time from Zillow saying, hey, we got a zip code open that just opened up sure. um, and stuff. And, you know, if this is working so good for agents, why aren't um, they sticking with it? Yeah, I wouldn't be getting those calls. Yeah, they wouldn't have to proactively mark, market. Yeah, they told me that I was the only person they were calling. <laughs> What's well, up with that? You, you shared a statistic with us earlier. How many people are actually finding their realtor through a, a Zillow or any other internet search? Yeah, and this is uh, this comes from the latest uh, NAR report, the National Association of Realtors report. Um, and... They track or they ask in, in the survey they do annually is, you know, both buyers and sellers, how'd you find the agent? Um, from a buyer perspective, 10% um, of people found their agent through um, a website. Um, on sellers, 4%, um, which is really small numbers True. considering how many people are really searching on the internet. Yeah. Um, but really where the, the top uh, uh, way people are, are finding um, an agent is repeat and referral business. Sure. I mean, that's um, 60% for um, sellers and 52% for buyers. Yeah. So it's, you know, real estate is local. People know tons of agents if they are in an area. Um, the internet and the opportunity for agents to generate leads um, is for out-of-town buyers. 
And you know, we're in an area where we have a lot of out-of-town buyers, so that's where I, why my site's been pretty successful um, over the years and stuff is people are coming in from out of the area and they already don't they don't know a, a realtor and um, um, you know are looking for information about the area uh, that they want to maybe move to. Yeah, and it's I mean the internet's just a great way to begin getting acquainted with the real estate market. Because even if you live in the area for a long time, you might not be paying attention to what home prices are doing until you're actually thinking about transacting real estate. Yeah. And then you need to become reacquainted with with prices and activity in different markets. And, and so the Internet's a great way now to do that. But all the other bells and whistles that, you know, Trulia tries to market or Zillow tries to market, it seems like that's not really what the consumer's after. The consumer's after data integrity, accuracy of data. They want to see what's out there, what's really out there. And um, and that's it. And that's that's why I think your site's so successful is because you focus on that part of it. Yeah, unfortunately, the, if you you know look at back at where the, the real estate industry um, stumbled in the past few years, uh, they really failed, and this is, goes back to Realtor.com actually should have been doing it, when Zillow and Trulia had such accuracy problems, um, no one was telling anybody that. Yeah. No one was telling the consumer that, hey, you know, if you go to you know these sites, you may not be seeing all the listings that are available. So um, I think that consumers just assumed, hey, if I go to this site and they have real estate information, I am seeing everything that's that's on the market. And they tell me what my home is worth. Yes, they tell you Which, what home is worth. Or, or what the home that I'm looking at is worth to see if it's a good deal or not. Yeah. And I think it's so funny because I've I've looked at my, you know, I've, I've done random tests on different homes, my own home included. And I've gone to Trulia, I've gone to Zillow, I've gone to Realtor.com because they offer that um, valuation. There's other sites that do valuation. You go to all those different sites, I've seen a huge range. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars difference in the range. I'm not talking a million dollar property here either. I'm talking about a home that's, you know, in the five hundred thousand dollar range. Some will say it's worth three fifty, and others will say it's worth seven fifty or six fifty. It's an incredible range for. A yeah. price, and we're talking fifty percent variance on price, and, and at the end of the day, what I find more interesting for me is not to try to tell me what my home is worth, but to try to just tell me what the market is suggesting homes are selling for through sales statistics. And I think there's where the the graphs on your site, when you look at the sales data, are more telling for me of what my home's worth. I can draw my own conclusions. Um, you know, and not rely on on inaccurate data from from a Zillow. Yeah, it's um, the automated valuation models that that these vendors are using. I mean, they, they get the information from public records. Um, in the Central Coast, we don't have that many you know track house subdivisions where there's three models and that's it. So mm -hmm. it's just very hard to to come up with a value when. There's so many variables that could be uh, um, with a particular house, but it's there. It's showing on the site, and unfortunately, if you're a buyer and you see a estimate that's you know lower than the uh, what the asking price is, you're going to use that and try to negotiate, saying, "Hey, look, Zillow says sure. you overpriced your house." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've got a caller uh, waiting on the line. We've got Jeff calling in from Los Osos. Welcome oh, to the show. Oh, hi, guys. How you doing? Hey, Jeff. Hey, 
I just want to say that uh, there's an X factor in all of this besides, you know, websites, etc. And that would be gas prices. If the gas prices are low, then people out of the area could travel freely. I'm talking about the human factor. And they go to an area that they don't know. And they can come back and forth and back and forth freely and make up their mind. Once they see what's on the Central Coast compared to Santa Barbara for, you know, two, three hundred thousand dollars more for a house, and they can get a palace up in Cabrillo States rather than Montecito. Sure, yeah. So my question is, there it is. Uh, we're seeing gas prices now going up 10 cents every week. Sure. What's going on? I'll Oof. take my answer over the air. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling, Jeff. I, I will agree with uh, his first point that, um, you know, when when gas prices are down, we're a majority of our economy is is tourism based. A lot of our different cities and and the county um, yeah. in general, they really put a lot of effort into marketing this area as a visit slow as a as a tourism destination because yep. it is so beautiful and it is hard to access for a lot of people who live in the major hubs. So um, it's a great place to get away, um, get that that old classic California feel, the untouched Central Coast area, um, and to get more, to have traveling be less expensive, it, it does create more of an opportunity for people to become acquainted with this area and potentially think of it as a as a place where they might want to have a vacation home or, or, or retire to or something like that. Yeah, is, it, is Jeff saying that, uh, is it, is, does it make sense to have, you know, commute further now you know, work in, let's say, work in Santa Barbara, but live in South County, San Luis Obispo County. Possibly, I think that. Because of the trade-off on wages versus house, house costs. Sure, I, and I know that's something that, that people weigh when, when thinking about where to buy a home. I know sure. even even Jason, a couple times on past shows, has talked about working in San Luis and living up in Atascadero and what the cost of gas is to commute, you know, to mm-hmm. and from every day. If, mm-hmm. What? How much more that. home he can buy in San Luis with the the cost of gas savings? Yeah, and then you get uh, you get people that come to the area and they they fall in love with the area and then they go home, and then they search, and they find those great deals on those lots in Cambria. You <laughs> can know, you believe they're only twenty three thousand dollars? Wow! And I could be looking at and I get an ocean view. <laughs> it's incredible. Oh my goodness! Where do I where do I put an offer? Yeah. And, and then you have to give wait, them reality. Yeah, wait ten years or, for yeah, your, for or, your number to be called. Or mate, yeah, yeah. Just two weeks ago, I got one of those call ins at the office. We're from the Bay Area, and we want to buy this lot. And we want to start building on it. And I said, oh, have you done any research on how soon you'll be able to build? She called back the next day and she's like, it's probably going to be like three or four years, but we still want to buy the lot. And I was just like. Three or four is ambitious. Yeah, (laughs) we can't really finance that, you know, unless you want to start working on it right away. If you want to buy it with cash and sit on it, be my guest. Yeah, a lot of challenges to building around here. 
<laughs> yeah. hey, we do have to take our uh, our last commercial break of the of the show here. We will come back with some final thoughts with Keith Bird. Do stick around for more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you buy your next home. We promise to close on time, on budget, with no surprises. Give Central Coast Lending a call today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. It's the home stretch on Mortgage Matters. Almost ready to start my weekend. Really glad that you joined us. Really um, appreciative of Keith Bird and his time on a Saturday to uh, join us and talk a little bit about um, about searching properties on the internet and how his site, slowcountyhomes.com, can help you do that. Um, I, I was kind of curious just to uh, switch gears on our conversation for the last few minutes here, and, and I'm curious... You know, so many people, we've, we've established that people start about six months out just researching a real estate transaction on the internet. They re research the, the homes that are out there. They research what their home may be worth. Um, and, and, and that's how they start. But ultimately, they rely on the people they know and trust to refer them to a realtor. How do you see the internet um, 
changing or, or changing those patterns as time goes on? Do you, do you think that will always be the case that it's going to be those personal referrals or do you think the internet's going to continue to get better? Do you think the searches are going to get better? How do you see that evolving? Um, Will we have hologram speak like they do in <laughs> Star Wars? Well, there's going to be 3D virtual tours. <laughs> yeah. That's the latest buzzword and stuff. I really don't that would see. Be cool. I don't I'm really down. see the inner internet um, changing the way local real estate is purchased um, and sold, um, at least in the foreseeable future. I mean, you know, real estate is local, and it really is uh, the truth, um, especially with all these individual rules that are with the MLSs and stuff. It's just uh, tough for a internet model to come in and, and replace a local realtor. And unfortunately, the, the Zillow Trulia thing is a lot of, if you just look at the comments that um, agents make on these articles, I mean, that's the fear. They, their fear is that um, a Zillow Trulia are going to come in and displace them one day. And I really don't see that, in, at least in, in the latest uh, uh, iteration of their sites. I mean, they're an advertising site. They're, they are, you know, the homes and land of, of our era. I mean, instead of going in and advertising in a, in a book, you know, now agents are advertising on Zillow. Um, and, but the, what it boils down to is the agents are the ones that are on that site that are advertising are the ones that are doing the transactions. So it's still the local agent and nothing has changed from that perspective. So I'm not really seeing the internet um, going to come in and really replace the, the, uh, you know, the model that we have today of, you know, local agents out there. It's just like a billboard basically. So there's some face or name recognition when they get that personal referral. Um, yeah, I mean, it really is people want to trust who they know and they want to trust who, you know, the opinions of people they know um, versus finding somebody, you know, just on the Internet they never heard of before. So. And that part of consumerism is probably never going anywhere. People love to talk about their experience when they bought a home and who they used and what was good and what was bad. And, and unless you're a home buyer who just doesn't talk to people about those things, you've you've undoubtedly heard about a good realtor or a bad realtor or and, and you're going to make your decision based on those real life personal stories that you've heard from your friends and family yeah and you know and and if you look one of the things that i I'm, i don't like about zillow um is this the rating systems have seemed to be a hot topic in the last year i look at it like yelp you know well it's not really it's it's not Yelp, at least you got to put in your name, you got to register, you uh -oh. can see the different reviews. Zillow allows people to add agent reviews that just showed them a house. And and if you look and it's in... And it's an anonymous oh, It's, it's uh, a writer. name, but who knows, you know, it, yeah, you know, someone put a name to it and it's in, in kind of faint print it's saying, showed a home. It's like, wait, is that all this agent did for you? And then you're writing a five-star review. So, you know, it, it's nice. just... They it's sure kinda... unlocked that door quickly. <laughs> yes. That was nice. It's neat. Um, so neat. But, um, yeah, you know, and I just don't think that that helps people get trust the what's being they're being told on the Internet. So they're going to go with people they know. They're going to ask, you know, people's opinions of who they trust. And I don't see that changing. So... Yeah, I, I look at the rating systems on Zillow and think, you know, I, I 
likened it to Yelp just because I, th- I think there is that opportunity to to get some some reviews that are that are you know people you know hey hey Mike will you go and review me sure. on this and give me a good one yeah exactly or or it's just you know if there's bad ones maybe it's just the people who like to like to complain publicly and, and get it out there there's I I personally find those review sites I, I take them with a grain of salt. I, I read them more for entertainment than um, than actual. I, I don't put so much stock into them, you know. Yeah, it's I, proven I studies that you're either going to go there whether you're super satisfied or very disappointed. Yeah, it's going to be those ends of the spectrum. There's a number anyone that had a you know average experience saying this is average. Yeah, and also you really don't know you know how active an agent is when you see them on the internet. Sure, they could just put a lot of money into advertising on Zillow. (laughs) um, I did an analysis of the Southern California, over 60,000 members in the California regional MLS, and what I found was um, 60% of agents of of these 60,000 plus members sold two or fewer homes in 2014 with half of those selling no homes to be fair zillow puts it back on that agent to like do complete their files you know like this house sold these types of things but they'll go back years you don't know what the agent's done in the last year it's just kind of you know i like information i love information but i like information when it's not trying to snow you a little bit and And that's that's you know, to bring this full circle, slowcountyhomes.com is the website that you operate. It focuses on our local market, and it's not trying to give you some unrealistic idea of what your home's worth. It's not providing inaccurate listing data. Your website's a little bit different. Why don't you tell people how they can get a hold of you and why they should go to your site? Uh, just go to slowcountyhomes.com, um, and you'll hopefully uh, uh, see how easy it is to uh, find if you're looking for knowing what the local market is doing. We've got uh, plenty of statistics. Um, and then we have the home search with the many tools to make it easy for you to find what you're looking for. I know I get a, I, I find the site to be very useful and, and, and easy um, to find what I'm looking for. And I, I love looking at the sales data just to see what's going on in the local market. Yeah, I second that. Mike, thank you for joining me today. If you did, I pass. There, you you did wonderful. <laughs> we might have you back soon. Um, for anyone who's interested in a mortgage transaction, if you're refinancing, we'd love to help you lower your interest rate, get rid of mortgage insurance, um, get into a shorter term, and pay off your home quicker. Uh, we're helping anyone with a refinance, and if you're looking to buy a home, we can pre-qualify you at no cost. It's simple and easy. Um, Give us a call at 543-LOAN, that's 543-5626, or check us out at centralcoastlending.com. We'll be back next week with more Mortgage Matters.